0: You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network.
1: Oneofus.net has been your one-stop shop for all things geek for years. But there's a side to them many of you have never heard. The subscription side. Subscribe and listen to great podcasts like The Breakfast Pub, The Original Gentleman, and the Watch A Movie With Us series. Head on over to oneofus.net, and don't forget your towel.
2: If you're trying to find somebody likes it, there are some more places you can do that. Check us out and subscribe on iTunes or on Stitcher. Tell your friends, because iPods... Oh, shit, I fucked it up. One, two, three, Take three. Take,
1: take three. Take three. Yeah. Uh, I didn't want to start talking about it because it, it, it takes a lot of work for me to say awards. So since well, this is you're take... getting better. No, no, I know. At your words. No, it just it takes a lot of energy. It's hard. I wanted to save my precious words in case we had to go back and do take four. So, OK,
3: well, I think we're here now.
1: All right. No, I know, you know who else is here. Matt Munoz. I was going to say Matt. Hello. M- I'm looking at him.
3: Hi. You're Hi. Hi. sporting a stash now. I
1: am. We're, we're... What up with
3: that. We're... Are you going into uh, an illustrious
1: porn career? Shh. Don't tell anybody. All right, I do like the stash. I was gonna gonna mention that earlier, but Ryan beat me to it. So, sorry, man. We should have coordinated before this. <laughs> well, we got finished with the big uh, episode one hundred last week, and um, what did you guys do for one hundred mixtape? We did a super long mixtape, epic mixtape. Ooh, we, we did. We, a lo- we,
3: we picked songs that are all on lists of a hundred, whatever, like hundred greatest this, hundred worst that. But we did Billboard, it from Hot 100, whatever.
1: And they were from the so we did seventies, eighties, nineties, and aughts. And Mark did it too. So we did four videos each. So the three of us plus this time Mark joined in. Mark doesn't have a mic today because I I didn't I'm here, <laughs> I didn't bring a, a mic an extra mic in. So anyway, all right. Well, let's go ahead and get to some theme music. And um, you wanna you can just you can just yell it out, I guess, Mark, at the end of this. So all right, this is Shane. I'm Ryan. Kevin. Matt and Mark. So somebody likes it.
2: So I guess technically this is music news, but really it's kind of like it will be music news it's music news future
1: and past. I was gonna say is it music news from the future? Future
2: yeah, kind of. And and the past. Uh looks is this like about th- Beyonce's baby or something?
1: No. Or babies. No. No. Okay. This uh this
2: summer, uh filming will begin on a Master P biopic. Oh no 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 no. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah.
3: Is he also so, like a sports agent?
2: Well, right, that part's left. Uh, curiously, that part is uh, left out of the recap.
1: But, I always or think like it's the, the promo of it. Uh, he's not, and he's what? He's not even fifty. It's it's, always, no, it's it's kind of a baller move. But Did like he you have said, just like, like that
2: one hit, like make him say, I don't, uh, "Yeah, I have no idea." All I know is, um, I think it's kind of a baller move to like do your do your biopic. If he's
1: fifty, do it now. Do it. Get it out, do, out of the way do it before there's a lot of the. <laughs> Before a lot of the boring back-end happens. Well,
2: and if it's if it's like hip-hop, he's going to be expected to put one out like every year and a half. I mean, is is so, he the guy like, who's
3: responsible for D's nuts? Maybe. Was that, was that him? I know it was the same era. I mean, era. I know
1: a lot of people that bring up Master P a lot, but I can't, honestly can't tell you I know very much Other about. Other
3: than going to make him say, "Uh." Oh. <laughs> have, <you never, laughs> have
1: you never seen the hip-hop
0: masterpiece that is I Got the Hookup, that movie? That he made? Uh, no.
1: Oh, my God. You need to watch it. It is hilarious. I'm going to put that on well, my list. Many people are levels.
2: very excited that there's a Master P bio. A lot of people coming. are oh very excited
1: God. by Master P, and I've been noticing this lately. Like, people, I don't know, just random people that he's, like, I think he just did another movie, and people were, like, flipping out about being in the movie with him. I don't know. I don't anyway, know. Anyway,
2: That's happening. If you're in New Orleans, look around because they're shooting there.
1: I was going to say, you know, like it's a it's pretty unprecedented baller move. But then again, if you think about it, like, I mean, N.W.A., they just did that N.W.A. biopic.
3: N.W.A. to me is a much more substantial. Yes. uh, Yes. yes, right. Historical act. Look, I'm not not
1: denying that. I'm not I'm not I'm not debating that at all. I'm just saying, like, you know, maybe maybe he
3: got inspired, you
1: know, and he decided. Yeah, I don't know. It sounds pretty badass, though.
2: Yeah, well, time will tell.
1: Okay, so Matt is in this week um, As we alluded to earlier I guess when we also put him on the mic I guess there wasn't much allusion there And um, Matt Pretty direct reference It's yeah. your first time in in, uh, in climate controlled This is nice Somebody likes it Like, seriously
0: When and it, I pulled up, yeah. me
2: and I think the clean crew Were the only other Mexicans on the premises <laughs> Well, and sometimes the cleaning crew will come in here during the show. I mean, not like we don't give them, we don't put them on the mic. Yeah, but like That's maybe not we could a bad idea. Like, yeah, sure. I the, think they'd uh, be the, really, really confused have, if uh, we I just sh- sit in just like, just shove sh- the fucking mic in their face. Have them listen to one of the
3: songs and give their take. Yeah,
2: just <laughs> hey, put the put the format to the test. But anyway, uh, yeah. So occasionally they will they will wander about, but um, but yeah. By and large, we, we're pretty specific with who gets a mic and whatnot. Um, Tends as to you can be tell intentional. mark didn 't make the cut tonight we 're really you know next time he 's wiping away a fake tear
1: i don 't know how <laughs> fake that was, but well, I mean we
3: are going to be talking about the Smiths, so um, there's sadness involved oh sure <laughs> that 's yeah. true yeah,
2: we probably should get over the top sadness
1: lots of sadness there there is sa- there is sadness there's a, there's a lot of over the top though anyway, just in general, but why don 't we since matt you came in and you and you picked the week this week. Why don't you tell us what's going on? I think you told me you were just reading a book or something. What? Well, it, it's really because tomorrow's the 30th
0: anniversary of Louder Than Bombs, and I think it's a really crazy, interesting record in our catalog, mainly because a it's not really an official studio
3: record. It's not really a record. It's a mishmash of a bunch of stuff. But, you
0: know, I, you know, I talk to a lot of people, and... Um, who've referenced it as their kind of entry point into the Smiths, it was the for world me. of the Smiths. Yes. Yeah. And it's kind of a, a notable thing. It's got a lot of weird we'll get into why it's kind of interesting in, in the second stuff, but it's I think you know, the thirtieth anniversary of it it's kind of an interesting thing to make note of it. And it's, so it's, than it's a bumps. hell of a it's a hell of a record.
3: So for some reason, and I remember distinctly like seeing this cassette like in my car, probably from you, Shane
1: there's um, a chance of that. But I
3: have never actually listened to it all the way through, and there was about five or six songs that I didn't know. Uh, now, I
1: knew a bunch of them from other stuff.
3: Uh,
1: yeah, they they definitely... Warner Brothers and Sire have not been shy about releasing Smith's material in as many formats as they could possibly release them yeah, over the yeah, course of Yeah, a bunch of them are like the, uh,
3: on the Best Of compilation. There's a lots of Best wanting. Of
1: compilations. Do you yeah. guys have the holograms? Not yet. No, they're great.
3: Yeah, really I've heard. Are you? Yeah. So you are I'll you, bet both like, Matt and Shane, if there there were a, a Morrissey hologram, would just have that thing playing perpetually. <laughs> no, yeah, Shane, no,
2: Shane's first reaction internally—he's not telling you this—but his first reaction was like, "Oh shit, I gotta go get that." I was thinking,
3: thinking is that like, even a
1: section in the records to sell off a bunch of the cats. Right. Yeah. I was thinking I mean, Kevin really is from the future. Yeah, meow. <laughs> I'm sure they <laughs> fetch me a lot of money. <laughs> Yeah,
2: cats don't fetch anything. Anyhow, anyway, no, it's, it's weird because, like,
1: <laughs> I recall, Good like, a uh, buddy of mine when I was
3: in high school, his girlfriend at the time was a big Smiths fan, and I just, like, didn't know much about the Smiths. I think maybe I knew how soon is now, and that's about it. Um, but she was, like, louder than bombs. That's the best one. And I just never listened to the whole thing until this week. I
1: mean, I mean was she right? I'm not. Did um, she what? So was she right?
3: Uh, I mean, I'd probably go with. Um, uh, not "Midas Murder," uh, the one after that. Um, "Queen is Dead." "Queen is Dead." I'd, prob- I'd probably think it's a more cohesive work and representation of them at that particular snapshot in their career. Um, and this is from kind of all over the place. It's a bunch of singles and yeah, besides. but it's pretty remarkably consistent. It's ve- it's very good, except for there's there's these weird two weird outliers right in the middle of it. It's
1: Shakespeare's sister, I'm gonna guess, is one. No,
3: no, it's um, it's the cover of. Twinkle, go, go, go uh, the Golden
1: Light song. Yeah, yeah Golden, Golden Lights.
3: Lights, and then uh, right after that, uh, Oscillate, oscillate wild which is a, um, a, an instrumental. Which I've never heard a Smith's inner instrumental other than that. And the I that, Train. Yes. There are others. There are others. Yes. yes. Right. Well, anyway, but beyond that, it's pretty consistently, you know, Johnny Marr arpeggios all over the place and weirdo Morrissey shit. I
0: love um, <laughs> Well, I
3: mean, it's
4: it's
0: cool that you brought up the, uh, the first cover because it's basically what drove Marr from the band. You know, he wanted to kind of really head in the direction of, um, what uh, the last record was, you know, that they put out after (laughs) it got released after they officially broke up. Um, and Morrisy kind of strange ways, strange ways. So Morrissey kind of was pushing to do more more of these weird esoteric kind of covers. It was and this he wanted to do Golden
1: Lights? Yeah. And what was it like? What was another one that they did right around the, right around this time that it didn't make it on? Um, it was another. He he was like, I don't want to be sitting here playing some obscure girl band English girl band yeah. '60s covers.
3: I have never heard of Twinkle in my life until today.
1: Yeah. Um, what and there's like a Sandy Shaw. There's probably a good yeah right? Sandy Show and it's probably a good reason.
2: For that, but you know
1: Morrissey's weird.
2: And it's a, it's a
1: kind can of a I, cool can thing. I just share a
2: little nugget here. So, <clears throat> one of the singular joys of the fact that that we're covering this record is the fact that there is an, a Mark Prendel review that lives online about all of the Smiths' work, where he uh, refers to them under the umbrella of extremely masculine brute rock. <laughs> <laughs> Was that the guy <laughs> that wrote wow. the
3: the great um, uh, review of? Um, well, who was that stick up? Air their Miami? Ass? No, no. Um, well, he
2: the, he did. We did cover him there, but or use him there. But the,
3: uh, stick up their ass band uh, with the militant Marxist lyrics. Uh, oh, Gang of Four. Gang of Four. Was that the guy that wrote that? Because that was really good.
2: Might have been. Um, well, and i and at some point I'll share his uh, his faux take on on this band. Um, but but he does ask a, a pretty you know fair question, which is. Uh, it, basically makes this statement. He says, I fail to see how a bunch of uh, peppy pop songs could be considered, quote, louder than bombs unless, A, they're being piped through an extraordinarily large theater sound system, or B, extremely small ineffective bombs are being used as a basis of comparison. <laughs> Either way, let's say something here, something short and sweet on this album. The Smiths reveal themselves to be a truly great melodic rock-inspired guitar-pop band. That part's well, pretty that, fair. That's, that's true. Yeah.
1: Really, I I think that this album, on a whole, is... Their most cohesive album. Um, Like, even though there's so many more songs that I don't. Every other Smith's album, to me, there's like a one, like, outright clunker song that I don't want to listen to. Like, it's Vicar in a Tutu on Mina's Murder, Mina's Murder, or on Queen is Dead, Mina's Murder on Mina's Murder. Um, Mina's Murder is just a bad song. Yeah, it's a shit song. That's what I'm saying. And this this record, even like, I mean, you probably, like, Golden Lights, maybe. Shakespeare's sister I've, I thought, I've warmed I th- up to I literally
3: thought that um, the album had ended and my Spotify had just picked something else because I was driving. And I was like, oh, well, this is clearly a different band. Uh, I don't know who sings on it. I guess Kirstie McCall sang like, yeah. back, backing vocals on it. Uh, but anyway, it sounds like a completely different band.
1: Yeah, well, that's where Morrissey wanted to go. Hey, did you, did you ever finish reading autobiography? Yeah. I just finally finished it. <laughs> it's super bad. Dude, okay. I tr- I tried to read it, man. My
3: ex-girlfriend Dude. loaned it to me and I I I
1: stuck it out for like 2 weeks and I, I, almost, I maybe got like 50
3: pages he, in. Uh,
1: here's the here's the thing about that though. The first about the first 65 pages I really liked. Um it was really interesting. Um it was really florid prose, but it was very original. And then once they get into the Smiths, he's either sucking his own dick or like like talking about his enemies list for the rest of the fucking book. That's it. It's there's nothing. You don't get any insights. He either hates everybody. He hates the way everybody's treated him. He's been he's yeah. he's been he freaking up the smallest slights that have ever. Okay,
3: well, dude started out as a curmudgeon already. Like before he got super famous, and like Shane, you know, yeah. I've met like his keyboard player Gus, and he showed me a, a photo of like being on stage. The Reading Festival, and there are like a hundred thousand people in front of them. Imagine already starting out as a curmudgeon, and then like basically the world, you know, just wants to kneel down and give you whatever you want. I don't
1: know. Um, He's just an odd, odd, odd person. But thankfully, Morrissey is not the the whole of the Smiths. And speaking no. speaking of Matt, so we're gonna let's move on to listen to our first cut off this record. Which one would you want to listen to first?
0: I think if there's anything um, that we should listen to first, it's going to be the, the, really the first song that I got turned on to off this record, which really was my entry into The Smiths, and that's Ask. It's uh, super catchy, great. Yeah, super. great song.
3: Let's get in.
5: Toyness is nice, and can stop you From saying all the things in life you'd like to So if there's something you'd like to try we
1: Yeah, that's another good one too. But you know what, Johnny Moore didn't. That was that. That kind of I've read. I've read stuff over the years where he kind of throws that into like golden lights. He didn't want to be writing those really light, up, fluffy, frothy, up tempo pop songs like at the end. I mean, I yeah, no,
3: that's a that's a super hooky song. though. It's a and great it's, song.
1: I mean, it's like I like if you go and you listen to that fucking rag. There's really not like even the it's just, it's a remarkable collection of consistency over the course of the entire record like it may not have standouts like the queen is dead the, that song or like big Mouth strikes again or there's a light that never goes out but it's remarkably consistently good like from start to finish no it was
3: it was one of the few records that we've ever picked that I was able to like just sing along to most of it like you know, and,
1: and not really know how you knew the words to well,
3: it. Well, no, I, I mean most of them I'd heard from other places or or actually from this record, but just not having listened to the whole thing. Well, at once. Think
1: that happens to me a lot though. Like, I, like I hear a song that like I've never, I can never remember actually sitting down and listening to it. I'll hear it at the grocery store but and fucking I, like know every word.
3: Yeah, I mean like like more so than than uh, I thought I did. But I've apparently been singing "Ask" wrong like all these years. Because I never saw the video before, I always thought it was the bond that keep that oh, brings dumb. us together. <laughs> oh no, it's bomb. Yeah. Bomb. Yeah. Uh, you, you know why bond I know that? would be very literal. Because they're actually holding like the most cartoonish, like nineteen thirties version of a bomb. Like it they, says
1: bomb on it. Like the kind of the kind of bomb they have in like a Bugs Bunny cartoon or like yeah even, they're like with a
3: lit fuse and they're like what or like spy vs
1: <laughs> spy like the Mad Magazine shit like yeah yeah looks, yeah it looks like that it, it, no, it says bomb I, I, I'm pretty sure he's referring to the the, the nuclear bomb could have been nuclear I'm pretty sure it was the nuclear bomb nuclear nuclear nuclear, nuclear, bomb. nuclear. Uh, uh, <laughs> to, to uh to uh to quote uh George W. Bush Morrissey loves his bombs I mean, every day is like Sunday, you know. He does well again. That's like you know. I'm pretty sure that's a, we're d- discussing nuclear bombs. So, come who's, come who's the guy bombs. that directed this? Oh yeah, hat? what's the story behind that map?
0: So, Derek Jarman. Um, he was a big hoity-toity um, uh, director of the, of the moment. I think he was somehow involved with the Sid Nancy movie. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, so he did. He did a bunch of videos for that, um, including There Was a Light." I uh, did "Panic." Uh, and they put this compilation t- together. Well, he for, did. And he did the Queen is Dead video is as dead. well. And, and they I all,
3: actually like in in radio, TV, yeah. film school. Like we watched that. Oh wow! Um, yeah, it was like. So from record. what I
0: remember, uh, I think he, they put it together within a week or whatever. They shot a bunch of the footage within the week, and they kind of used a lot of the stuff for some of the other videos and then recycled some to, to make the other videos. So it was just kind of a quick and dirty thing. And then the whole interesting thing about the Louder Than Bombs thing is that it came at a time when the, the Smiths were literally falling apart. You know, not even a month earlier. This came uh, out in, what, 87? 87. So it'll be, tomorrow will be the 30th anniversary. So about a month earlier in the U.K., uh, they put out a similar compilation, lots of different tracks, called uh, The World Won't Listen. And so it was kind of their...
2: Uh, assembly was sort of, of their the, UK thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And so this one started selling so well in the UK that they eventually had... Oh, yeah, to, they were importing it. They were importing and, it, that they eventually had to re-release it in the UK because the fans no, were so upset that. that... Wait a second, we just bought this one compilation and then Sire, you know, the US record company, put this one out and then... Uh, so... Fans and didn't they to
2: like me. to to try and make good? They ended up selling du- the double album for like the price of a single album yeah. or something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. So
3: and Sire is a t- sub label of Warner, is that right? Yeah, the
0: one one of the Warner record labels, and they have the
3: all the rights to the Smiths
0: and uh, most of the Morrissey stuff in the U.S. and most of the world, I think, too. Some you know, countries.
1: if you're a Smith completist, it's got to be, or Smith slash Morrissey completist, it's got to be an incredibly frustrating band to be into. <laughs> like, god damn it, there's that. Oh, fuck, there's that. Well, not only that, they're doing. So have, like um, some
3: rare Australian thing or something? Oh, or? yeah, Matt
1: has the uh, uh, Education in Reverse. Education in Reverse. Which, which Morrissey, uh, I now know through him speaking about it in autobiography. Yeah. Not a fan. Yeah. Not a fan that they changed this album to "Education in Reverse" in Australia. Yeah, like somebody else just changed the name. Well, I guess they didn't like the word "hate" being because yeah. it's "Viva Hate." Yeah. So I guess okay. they didn't. so they decided. We to had change our
3: friends it. in Bongo Hate, and they changed their name.
1: Yeah, but that's because that that band name sucked.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that band name did suck, and they had no bongos, and the other <laughs> word was hate. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, and then uh, the
0: other weird thing is, I guess, less than six months later, the, the final Smiths record came out, you know, in strange ways. And then less than a year after Loud and Bombs, Morrissey's first solo Well, and solo was like, record. the only member
3: of the Smiths in the video f- uh, for... What was that, that we watched? Stop we watched
1: me. it. Yeah, he's just riding bikes around. Stop
0: me, yeah.
3: With a bunch of clones.
0: At the time, uh, Andy Rourke was a full-blown addict, and, the, you know, nobody was acknowledging it, nobody was trying to
1: get him help. The what band, was the thing, like, that, where he... he, he Wrote a note and went and, like, just put it underneath Andy Rourke's, like, windshield wiper. And it says, like, Andy, uh, your services are no longer needed in the Smiths, Morrissey. Yeah. (laughs) Basically, that's how he fired him. That's how he fired him.
3: I'm pretty sure the Pixies uh, broke up the effects.
1: Oh, yeah. I heard something about that, too. That's true. Yeah. I I don't understand. Tensions run really, really high in these incredibly... Like, famous, but not quite super famous bands, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, they, I guess maybe there's, like, tension because they're not, like, they secretly want to be U2-sized. I don't know.
2: You know what you never hear about? You never hear about the band that broke up via, like, dial-up modem. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah,
2: just, like, that shit. Like, you're sitting there waiting for like, <laughs> come on! It's hang on, this email's halfway later,
3: through. <laughs> we'll Go smoke a cigarette. I'll come back and check it. Exactly. Yeah.
2: I, I can't make all of this out. So anyway, yeah, there's that.
3: Um, well, Matt, Matt, what do you want to listen to next? Are you guys ready to get into another one? And, um, sure, we could. Sure, uh, let's. I've see. got one that I'm really amused by, well, and, and we'll see. T- if yeah, this us do his his passage monster. Yeah, London, because to me it sounds like if somebody like uh, challenged uh, Morrissey and Mar to write oh,
1: a uh, write like a heavy metal song. Uh, uh, it's funny but this that is you is say that. they would get. It's funny that you say. We'll listen to it, and then I'll yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll tell you the. I'll tell you the the story Yeah I don't know Anything about it I actually like
3: I like the song a whole lot But it's like Really trying hard to rock It's a great
1: song (laughs) Yes but Okay you're right Alright play it funny that you say that, Ryan, because a couple of years after that song, or well, after this compilation was released... Did, did a metal band cover it or this something? This song was on another compilation um, called Attack of the Killer B-Sides by Anthrax. Anthrax covered this See? song. See? There you yeah. go. So, so, yes, you were correct. Uh, no, However, you know, okay, think about like this. Alright, think about where these guys what their background was. I mean, Mike Joyce came out of a punk band. Andy Rourke um, used to play with Johnny Marr, but they, you know, really came out of the post-punk scene. And also like Johnny Marr and and Billy Duffy, who's the guitar player from the cult They were like thickest thieves. That's that's the first time like. So there's there's a little bit of a, a aggression in the background, right? Well, then and also Morrissey's favorite band in the world were the New York Dolls, and that's yeah. not like a sticker. Sure, it's, sure. it's really interesting that the, that this band at the end of the day became a sort of. Taken is so fluffy and light In a lot of ways It's either like Oh they're so depressing Or there's no heft to them I, and, and like I call them a punk
0: rock band And people like Scoff sometimes I was like no They're a fucking punk I, I rock I mean around. they're
1: in the spirit Of
3: punk rock they Yeah don't, They don't uh, I think follow they're, like the, the codified you know rules of like No, uh, no,
0: what no thing, Yeah no, no no Not you know Aesthetically as far as Like the structure
1: I just want to Sorry to interrupt you I just want to sample you Going What do oh. I mean I
3: I've seen a lot of punk bands. Yeah. I want that, it no, I want is that not to, untrue.
1: I want that to be my ringtone. <laughs> I think... <laughs> what? what we, we've got it on recording, <laughs> so make that happen. All right. make, that's how we should start all our shows out now. Like, if we ever have a bumper, like, okay, thanks. One, two, <laughs> Kevin, do you have anything you want to add here?
2: Oh, I don't know. Yeah, one of the... So I'm going to I'm gonna uh, touch on this Brendel piece again, just because it is a... Series of wild tangents that I find completely
1: fascinating. When, a, when did this come out? This piece that you're talking about? Oh, like, uh, years the years ago. Like no. the guy
2: doesn't actually publish new stuff anymore. But he like he has kind of a retrospective on the Smiths in general, and then kind of breaks down each one of their records. And um, uh, worth worth at least sharing that he says like, yeah. So he gave he gave this record a seven out of ten, and he said that, uh, but he also said that if you're going to start. If you're going to start, if you've never listened to this before and you want to get to know this band, this is the record you should start with. That's fair. He said, he said um, that he said, I'll warn you, though, that there are a few stinkers in here and there. there. If there weren't a seven would be much too low a grade. Those who enjoy drab honey, honey drippers style balladry will kill a nut. His term. For 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 Golden Lights, uh, fans of dull backing tracks disguised as instrumentals, we'll give a thumbs way up the ass of Oscillate Wildly. That's got to be the same
3: guy <laughs> that wrote the Gang of Four thing.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, but anyway, he said, appreciators of the soulless happy, la- uh, happy lounge jazz procreated by Dire Straits will love Heaven Knows I'm Miserable Now, though admittedly the lyrics are hilarious. I was looking for a job and then I found a job, and Heaven Knows I'm Miserable Now. Um, anyway... And then he then he wraps it up by saying that if you're if you're some goddamn neo-hippie, his words, uh, sitting with a flower girl in a field of green, strumming an acoustic guitar, feel free to take Stretch Out and Wait off my copy for your iPod, and don't bring it back. <laughs> and then he says, isn't that how iPods work? They suck the music off your CDs, so you just have a bunch of blank CDs laying around to use as drink coasters? I hope so, because I'm out of drink coasters, and the stores are all closed for the Sabbath.
1: Well, since we're doing—it looks like since you got us going on to three on this first segment— um, uh, I kind of would love to listen to Heaven Knows I'm Miserable now, just because he brought it up, and um, also they are some of the funniest Smith lyrics ever. Uh, and but also inadvertently, I think that because that that title, Heaven Knows I'm Miserable now, I think a lot of Morrissey's post-Smith and during the Smiths' reputation is based on that song title in and of itself. Well, you brought that. No, up. No, that's in, true. In, in I past, bet that's true. In a
3: past show, like people don't get that it's a joke.
1: A lot of it's a joke. Oh, it's a very tongue firmly planted in cheek, most of the career. Yeah. A lot of it is. Not all of it, but a lot of it. Anyway, let's listen to that one.
5: I was happy in the haze of a drunken hour, but heaven knows I'm miserable now. I was looking for a job and then I found a job, and heaven Job, and heaven knows I'm now in my life. Oh, why do I give time to I? <laughs>
3: Yeah, I genuinely love that song. And it's got arpeggios all over the place, but. Uh Shane's, like, obsessed with how the guitar changes throughout.
1: It changes through the whole song. Like, he doesn't, like, it's got, he's playing, like, constantly different stuff, and I never, it's so, and he's also got, like, he puts, like, the cans on in the studio, and then just dude, No, dude's like a guitar prodigy. which, like, but
3: listening put, to this over the last week made me wonder, like, you think he could pull off speed metal if he wanted
1: to? You could pull off any fucking thing you wanted to. I mean, that's. Yeah. But but the, 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 I never know that the, those little – those guitar parts fit together so seamlessly and he changes up the main guitar thing every single time there's like a verse. And uh, I never noticed it until I – like I had heard that song hundreds of times literally until I tried to learn it. I'm like – what the fuck is he doing? Like, you don't notice it because... Yeah, you are doing, like, a hoot night? It's so... Saying? Yeah, we were doing, like, a... Swiss I don't know if people outside is. of Austin know what a hoot night it's it is. A tri- it's just a... In other cities, it's a tribute night, so we were playing... Yeah, like it's a, it's a bunch of different bands night. that
3: get together and play the covers of songs by one artist. We yes. got one at the
1: Cactus tomorrow. We'll go tribute night.
3: Oh, nice. Ooh, Ooh. Kevin's ears are just perking up right now. Yeah. I played a... It's wo-
2: not a Morrissey hologram show, but, you know, well, that's <laughs> close that's enough. like what you and Matt yeah. are going to fight about that. Mm-hmm.
0: Sure. Yeah, the interest. Other interesting thing you brought up, kind of during the break, was how young Johnny Marr was, and I think it was like twenty twenty one, whenever mm-hmm. they recorded this. He went after the Smiths, broke up immediately into working with Matt Johnson, and did that. First the, 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 the and first the, got the Pretenders though. Well, well, he toured with the Pretenders, and then um, yeah, he split his time. But he wrote uh, Mind Bomb between that, which is one. Well, he's getting back Patrick together records. with the, the now, right? Yeah, they're uh, putting something out for Record Store Day. And they're putting out a new, well, a new Old Smiths single as well for Record Store Day too.
3: Which is interesting. Crazy. A new Old Smiths single.
0: There's a different remix that I don't think I've only heard once. I've had oh, I a
1: heard something leg, about that. Yeah, uh,
0: and it's a single, seven inch. But the other cool thing is just like, I mean, it's so cinematic. The song is just so cinematic. I mean, just everything. We kind of pick apart. I mean, I was every time I hear the bass part, I just like. God damn, that's a
1: good baseball It's show. just a fucking great song. I mean, yeah. I've, I've heard it, like, again, like, I mean, not probably now, thousands of times. Yeah. And um, it never gets any less interesting or poignant or funny. Yeah. It's There's super some funny. funny-ass yeah. lines in there. Like, you know, that I, he quoted, like, you know, the, I was looking for a job, and then I found a job. And yeah. have another I like the way that, that that's built, too.
2: It's like it's like he just liked the job, and he he like left the job behind the couch. Oh, shit, there it is. Like, I was looking for it, now now I like, found it. It's essentially like a sock. God like, I damn just it. <laughs> happened upon this job. Yeah, the the, the guy who um, covered this record for Rolling Stone called Morrissey modern pop's most creative masochist. And I think there's a little bit of, like, there's a kernel of truth in that.
3: that that's fair uh, enough. Yeah, I, I, could, could, I, I could see that. I, 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 I would say that I agree with him about the job thing. The only thing worse than being unemployed is having a job.
1: Yeah, when you don't want to go. Yeah. It's a job that's that true. That's, right? that's yeah. why that line is so goddamn funny. Yeah, it's—I mean—a little bit of a double entendre. I don't really take umbrage. I just want to address that real quick. I don't really take umbrage with the masochist part of it. I just—I I just consistently throughout the years, and you don't see it at where it's head up. It, people amongst our generation, our age group, s- see it as like the the cutting and depressing. By cutting, I mean like cutting your arms. No, like I know people who yeah. would
3: intentionally cut their arms. Yeah, like, yeah.
1: So they feel something, right? Which is
3: not to denigrate or you know. Oh no, no, not in any way. Uh, but like people that, who have
1: that actual condition. Right, that kind of cutting, rather than the cutting wit. Um, I think you see people that are younger than us like don't really clue into that stuff as much. But I like. It's hard for me to, is. Like as sad as Morris, he I never really particularly saw it as bleak and dark. Like it's no fucking Bauhaus, man, or something like. Or, no,
0: absolutely not. And I think you know he punctuates that with the caterwauls and the falsetto in the song. And well, yeah, the other thing, thing that
1: you things. guys have, have
2: have that we've roundly discussed. And really like it's sort of the like I read you the first line, but really the qualifying sentiment here is that he says that the the singer and lyricist knew how to turn self-loathing into a virtue by redeeming it with humor. And I think that's true. Like the fact that those that the that the songs feel cinematic and uh, and sweeping and at the same time have lyrics that can be heard a couple of ways and give you a chuckle at the same time, like. You know, there's a little bit of coming and going. Well, yeah, there. sometimes it
3: seems like Morris is just writing to amuse himself.
2: And I think that's
1: why it works though. Right. Yeah. That, that's why it comes off as funny.
0: But also, you know, there's a whole big thing, subculture. There's been like two or three documentaries on why Latinos are so drawn to him
3: and I I am genuinely
1: curious about that. You, well, there's you know,
3: like, like so many like hey. like hardcore like cholo guys.
1: Before we yeah. go down this to quote Kevin Rabbit hole, um yeah. <laughs> It's intermission time, and there's a lot to fucking unpack. All right, with we'll, that. We'll, yeah. get, we'll get into it on the other side. So yeah, let's let's play some intermission. Yeah, but inter whatever it's called. <laughs> Matt Munoz, so you're taking over the show tonight. We haven't done this since producer Mark took over the show, like. A little I feel honored. Well, you're the most frequent flyer on this. <laughs> you're the most frequent flyer guest on our show, and we just did our 100th episode last week, and thought it might be fun to have our most frequent flyer guest come on and just kind of. He's like
3: the Charles Nelson Riley of, uh, <laughs> of somebody, somebody likes it. it. Yes. Or the
2: Charles Grodin.
3: Ooh, that as well. well. Yeah,
1: Charles Grodin
2: crankier. So Both that's very
1: white yeah. men, but <laughs> <Yeah>. you know <laughs> yeah, take yeah, obscure 70s references that nobody. Carlos, under 30 gets or Carlos Car- Nelson Riley Carlos Grodin. <laughs> yes. Okay, so here, Carlos Nelson Riley. <laughs> anyway, uh, so what are we going to watch today, Matt? We're watching Childish, Childish Gambino's 3005. Childish Gambino.
0: Um,
1: have you guys seen VK Atlanta? Eight, Donald yep. Donald yeah. Glover. One of my favorite shows. We'll One talk, of my favorite shows. We'll talk about that, we'll, we'll talk about that but later, yeah. but yeah, yeah. That's,
3: yeah. Let's get out and take a look. All right, let's there watch that. Let's
1: watch that, <laughs> that show. <shit. laughs>
6: Hold up, wait a minute, all good just a week ago. Crew at my house, and we party every weekend. So on the radio, that's my favorite song. Make me bounce around like I don't know, like I won't be here long. Now the thriller is gone, got no patience, because I'm not a doctor. Uncle, no. why is you lying? Why you Mufasa? Yeah, me casa su casa. got it strip like Gaza. Got so high off volcanoes. Now the flow is so lava. Yeah, we spit that saliva. iPhone got message from Viber. Either the head is so hydra or we let bygones be bygones. My God, you pay for your friends. I'll take that as a compliment. Got a house full of homies. Why I feel so the opposite. Incompetent ain't the half of it. Saturdays with young lavish. lavishes. Saddest shit is I'm bad as it beans they took from the cabinet. Well, sorry, I'm just scared of the future. Till 2005, I got your back. We can do this. Hold up. No matter what you say, what you do. When I'm alone, I'd rather be with you. Fuck these other niggas. I'll be right by your side. Till 2005. Hold up. 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 Hold up.
1: I, I, I have stolen uh, Kevin's microphone just to say that producer Mike is that, in the house. That is an absolutely gorgeous video. Like, I was visually just enthralled throughout that whole thing. It's a it good song, too. It's a good song. And really? I'll tell you what,
0: I was super dismissive when that first record he put out before this one came out. I'm like, another actor trying to rap and this, that. But then I kind of really listened to the second record, and then I saw this
4: video.
3: Actually, this video within the last year, I I, I didn't know it was the video. Dude, video I kind of hate that guy for, like, how fucking talented he super is in, like, talented. so many different areas. He can act. He's a good stand-up. He raps apparently uh, And he's is Singing in this song Like crea- but, uh, like Created Atlanta Yeah I mean not the city But The you know, TV
0: show Which the is show. really yeah. great the, the, the thing is He's really A, a disciple of great music And hip hop And everything But also the video I mean it's just Kind of this really Metaphysical thing man It Kind of it, the whole Ferris wheel things, the thing about life, and if you really noticed. So what's up with the teddy bear?
1: So you yeah, so they're on a. We should yeah. do a setup for everybody okay, at so, home. Yeah. if you guys definitely go watch the video, but if you haven't yet, they're they're on a. He's on a Ferris wheel with a giant teddy bear right next to him, yeah. and um,
3: somewhat anthropomorphic. Teddy Bear at points in the video. Yes. We should also point
0: out 3,005 when you
3: add three, th- three, th- 3 and 5 together
0: is 8 which is a symbol for infinity which is metaphysical which he kind of talks about in interviews about this song um, Loving Somebody Forever. And yeah, Matt, you, you really got in. You really I really this did because down, I thought it was super clever when I read about the song and you know, I kind of dismissed him like I said before but then I was like this guy's really no, he's on just a different good level. At a he's bunch kind of on of a different shit. Level. Like and, when does he sleep? And then when you if you really look at the video again, you'll have to watch it again for those of you in here and also listening, but there's subtle things like the couple behind him, they age. And like Oh wow. yeah, subtly they age and as as well, the teddy like bear The city's on fire? Yeah, in the, the, back the world's pretty much going to hell, you know, and and, and it kind of
1: corresponds with the lyrics and
0: it's kind of just like really cool crafted Everything together What it's was up like, wow. with the
1: The teddy bear falling apart Was that about S- the age Yeah it's yeah, kind point. of
3: like Life
0: aging And then you see him gone At the end And the teddy bear's still there And he's dead Apparently you know, And
3: the and teddy bear's are, Like all threadbare And worn yeah. At this point
0: Yeah So I mean it's, There's it's all kinds of weird stuff. Metaphysical symbolism And time But it's Yeah that dude
3: is A so fucking I renaissance know. man It's crazy yeah, I, I was talented. actually I was watching his stand up and, and like an old roommate of mine Was like walking through The living room And he's like Oh it's uh, Childish Cambino." Like he does stand up, and I, I hadn't known him as a rapper. Yeah. Like that's how this dude knew him, and he knew him like credibly that way. Uh, the kids and love I knew him, him from Community, like which was a good show, and he left to like go pursue music, and then he
1: comes back. Yeah, to, he used to write, I think, for thirty rock. He did. Write he wrote at twenty three. Yeah, twenty three.
0: And the other thing is, you know, when the first Chance record came out, to Chance rapper, I kind of dismissed him as well because it was all about, you know, doing LSD and like, you know, it's a trippy whatever, I thought it was just one of these Flavor of the Month rappers. And then, you know, he's kind of tight with that guy. And it's just these kids, these two guys are, are really on another level as far as bringing hip-hop and music into – Yeah, I yeah, have – And just I doing other just stuff. Crazy, just,
1: I mean, did you – like, um, what was the um, – uh, that um, Jordan Peele movie that um, – get, get Out? Yeah, Get like, Out. Get I, get out. Have, I haven't seen it yet. Um, but – uh, when Chancellor Epper went and saw it a couple of weeks ago, he loved it so much that he, he rented out every seat in the movie theater for the rest of the day for anybody that wanted to come see it. He's like, hey, if you're in Chicago and you want to come see this movie for free, I bought every seat. That's and great. I'm going to come back later in the day and that's watch cool. it again. Yeah, that's, that's, that I mean, that's the kind footage. of weird shit that we're talking about, though. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's really cool. It's really, like, you know, all over the place doing different stuff. Like,
0: and I think, kind uh, of, in these. Trouble times, if it were. You kind of need these renaissance artists that are really kicking. You know, because I kind of dismissed them all. It's something the kids are into. Same thing with Chance. I get a little bit
5: too
1: music-wise. That song was badass. Yeah, I really and then you listen to stuff. Was,
0: and you, like, the new album that he has. oh, my God. Yeah, I've heard
1: some of the new album, and I really, crazy. really like the new album. Super it was crazy. really crazy. But it was what I've heard is really good. That's the first stuff I've really ever heard. Yeah. I, was, I was really dismissive as well. I love his stand up I love Atlanta I never watched community but that's where I became aware of him anyway cool that was a cool pick yeah
2: yeah I uh similarly did not love community and community had some people in it who I think highly of but um but I so love Atlanta and then as I continue to like sort of kind of back into some of his other work it's like I'm like, well, shit. Now I have to reexamine all of it. Yeah, I kind of so, feel the same way too. But like, yeah. anyway, I would, I would go like,
3: back and watch some Community because there's some stuff on there that's really pretty clever. damn funny.
2: Anyway, I think I think the bottom line is like, it, it's easy to get behind, or at the very least, like we one of the things we talked about in the very early some very early episodes of this show, like maybe the first one, but certainly some early episodes is like to be like the conceit that that people make. Or, or the the step that they take in order to be famous sometimes is you have to be willing to go farther and work harder. But sometimes I think famous people just have a high motor. This guy's got a high motor, like a high creative.
1: Motor. No, I agree with that statement. I think that's that's an yeah, interesting way kidding. to look like,
3: at I, it. I don't know when he sleeps. Yeah. Like he's constantly has something new <laughs> thing out that's
1: also really good. Well, that shit was awesome. Thanks for bringing that up, Matt. And um, let's go back in and talk about los mios.
2: Um, I read it. I shared a couple of snippets from this semi lucid uh, Mark Prendle review, but the, but I think we're kind of doing it a disservice this the Smiths record louder than bombs a disservice if we don't kind of uh, give you the origin piece here. And this will be the last little nugget that I'll share from this thing. And basically, he says. Uh, The Smiths sprouted out of Manchester, England in the early 80s with an agenda of red-hot hate, fury-stoked fascism, and undying contempt for the remnants of the peace and love generation. A violent reactionary right-wing oi-band with obvious connections to the National Front. This four-piece of bile, Screamer Stephen Morrissey, Thrasher Johnny Moore... Brass Pummeler, Andy Rourke, and Blast beat Supremo, Mike Himmler's Hammer, Joyce, knew that the entire Final Solution agenda would be doomed from the start if they couldn't find a more erudite uh, way of couching such horrific to the comfortable bourgeois masses slogans as, quote, I wear black on the outside because I hate all blacks on the inside. I can't even read the rest of it. <laughs> it's, uh, it, is, it is, it's exactly the opposite of what this band is, but... Um, but also pretty yeah. review. Alex <laughs>
1: pretty like, funny. Oh, uh,
2: yeah.
3: It's secret, well, and it's what he's, he's like, what he's quoting there is, "I wear black on the outside because black is how I feel on the inside." Which song is that from? It's Unlovable, um, unlovable. which is actually which the we're song we're talking about, about here. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Anyway, so um, Mark Brindle, wherever you are, uh, thanks for thanks for this. Like, I, dude, dude I've I w- laughed does that guy a lot. Guy the a book weirdest. Out. Like, I want to read. Like, yeah, he's
1: incredibly funny. No, he's hilarious. he's really
2: funny. And in the middle of it, there's like a. There's like the I'm the paragraph I'm not sharing is like a porn review, so it's like he just drops that in the middle of it and then he goes back to the whole thing about anyway, <laughs> so weird. yeah. Um,
1: see him and like Chuck Klosterman like debate each other. Dude, that Shit is way funnier than Chuck Klosterman, I think.
3: Uh, I'm a I'm a Klosterman fan. He's alright. He I can be
1: t- very funny, but that's that's less self. The thing about Klosterman is that it's not that is not as. Self-aware as close stuff is That's just being weird for weird's sake
2: Sometimes, yeah, we, we again No rabbit hole in here, but the uh, No sidebarring? Yeah, we won't sidebar Or go down the rabbit hole, but anyway All cliches aside um, it, it just is an absurdist take On uh, the brute rock Of the Well, I, I do appreciate it Well, I'm glad the that you brought rock.
0: up the, the those lyrics To Unlovable, because in the last well, couple of Weeks, there was a little bit of controversy Because Morsey's about to start a tour And, um Couple of weeks, and he put up uh, on his unofficial official website one of the pieces of merch, which is a picture of James Baldwin, who if we don't know was a black activist in the sixties. Oh yeah, he's, who, a movie was just, just made. A movie he he called I'm Not Your Negro. Yes, and uh, so there's been a lot of uh, talk about him. And in the autobiography, he talks about how much he relates to James Baldwin, and he's a gay black man, and so wrote for and Esquire show, for and years. He lived and in Paris for. Yeah. A, so I'll show more. you the the piece of merch, and we'll, if we need to, we can link it somewhere. But it's it's basically a picture of James Baldwin with the lyric from um, Unlovable. Um, you know, I wear black on the outside because black
1: is how what I feel. What the? F- I just I don't even understand. I'm sorry, like that's it's just patently f- yeah, so fucking there's a offensive. T-shirt. That's fucking blackface. No, he's a British white British man. Like what? And what is he even trying to say there? Like. Well, you, I mean, you tell me. Like, well, I think, you know,
0: there's a couple things. I mean, obviously, you know, he's always had a deep appreciation for James Baldwin.
1: Yeah, but I'm saying, the but, the, but the but the, everyday person that would see you wearing that shirt would think that you were...
0: If you're not a Morrissey fan, you're not going to get it. You're not going to you know. get it. And I, and then, you know, they quickly scrapped the idea, because it, it, it definitely could be perceived as offensive. Misconstrued. But, you know, he got the photo and licensed it from the Baldwin estate and did all the, the proper things but he needs to to use, you know to sell this t-shirt and i think it's just you know he's always had a reputation or people want to perceive morris as a racist and he's kind of not
1: really racist it's I, don't, just, I don't feel like he's he says racist, stupid but things. i feel like that's that's a very poor conceived idea
0: i, I kind of think it is but i also think it's kind of kind of kick ass because it's almost in the in your face enough you know I think there's a part, a part where it's a political He's statement
3: always where it's always trying to face. like stir up the pot or you know, po- I don't know We could have the a, beehive yeah. or whatever
1: a long conversation about that but essentially what I would see if I saw somebody wearing that on the street and I didn't know who that was and I didn't know what that lyric was all I would see is like somebody that person apologizing feeling black on the inside or it just no it doesn't I don't I don't get it at all. I don't feel I don't it doesn't make me it makes me obviously feel uncomfortable. Hey, you guys wanna talk about music? Yeah, <laughs> we can do that. So you wanna you wanna to listen to that song? Or let's
3: listen
0: to a little bit of it on a level because I think it's also I mean yeah, built if you into know, the mystique of
1: if you know that song and you know, and you know the the Smiths, um Do you think this is a a
3: winking song? Um, I do not Okay that, cause, Yeah that wasn't the impression I got I, it, No no I, It I, seems I, I, genuinely morose
2: Are you saying that it was like That it, That the band was winking uh, By your estimation Or that it was a song designed to make you Well so To make you wink? Yeah. Well Sure yes.
3: Yes. Like designed to make your, your it's Like some subliminal thing that's Getting that's twitchy yeah. yeah I like it yeah. No but Morrissey yeah. oftentimes will write stuff you know that, that, that he's S- just band? being sure. like funny and clever And it sounds kind of morose But sometimes he's genuinely being just depressing
1: yeah. Sometimes he. This is one of those. Yeah. Um, Never had. No one ever. Like that's a just a genuinely depressing song. I mean, he's. There's a lot of genuinely depressing. Don't get. Last night I dreamt that somebody loved me. That's not a lighthearted song. But you know, there's a lot of the lightheartedness to kind of buoy the other stuff. Not lighthearted. Cutting wit. Sure. This this one is just just sad. sad.
0: So you know, going back to your point earlier, I think it um it seems super morose and sad and self you know, whatever loathing. But, you know, the the music kind of pushes it along and kind of gives it a little...
1: We talked about this Ba-boom. last week, like, you know, like uh, 10,000 Maniacs did that a lot. Or what were you saying? Oh, like, where, where they have, like, kind of a, jaunty bo- a buoyant
3: music. Mel- melody with, uh, really? like, just, like, lyrics about, like, child abuse. Yeah, yeah. Right, bad, right, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were talking... What were we ta-
1: Anyway, whatever. Like, oh, I'm sure that's... I'm but that's kind of the be- hey, what were we talking about? Like, two weeks ago, we was just sitting around. Like, you just talking about a story. How you like that? I don't know. Let's move yeah. on.
3: Okay, um, that's the beauty of the band. In a nutshell, there they kind of yeah.
1: move back I and look,
3: forth between I like those song more lyrically than I do musically. I uh, think I I
0: mean, it's like, probably it's, not
1: very interesting musically. I, I, I think musically, it's one of their few. So- and, and while I think it's a good listen, I think personally, it's one of their very few songs that hasn't completely gelled yet. Like I didn't work like it was, on. Yeah, it wasn't finished. Yeah, it wasn't finished. Well,
3: didn't you tell me that they like uh, the band would go off and write the music? Uh, like Marr pretty much directing, you know. Um, yeah. And then the Morrissey other, the other two, would get the tapes
1: and then he would and, come up he, with everything on his own and then, and then record on his own and yeah. stuff yeah, like just, that. I don't
3: know if that one was a B-side or what, but it, it, I it probably should have been
1: a B-side. Yeah. It, it just wasn't it, – it, it was a little half-baked. I mean, it, again, it's not – I mean, there, I think there's a reason why it's at the end of the compilation. It's not a good – I mean, it's not a bad song but it's definitely not... Well, Asleep's a really good song, and it's the last song on the thing. Well, they wanted to end strong.
3: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Maybe? I don't know. We haven't even talked about Please, 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 which is on here, which is my favorite thing on here. Please, please, Um, please. It uh, might
1: be a... From start to finish, (laughs) perfect song. (laughs) Which which is
3: one that I only
1: knew from, like, I I got all my Smith stuff from different. You already said you wanted to listen to us. You got the last one here, but so. Well, no, I
3: I mean, I definitely want to listen to Asleep, but um, if you're out there listening, please, please, please please let me get what I want is amazing. And I only knew it from the Pretty in Pink soundtrack. Um, And also, there's an instrumental of it uh, in Ferris Bueller's Day Off.
1: Safe to say, John Hughes liked the Smiths. That is true.
3: Uh, absolutely.
1: Well, if we're gonna do one more, let's because we're getting we're getting down to the end here. Um, you want to let do a little bit of a sleep, and we'll have a little chat about that. Yeah,
3: it's one I, that I didn't know, and I'm and again, it's a big an, fan of now. It's a, it's a it's a oh you didn't
1: know this song before? I did not know this. Song oh, before this, this is week. um this is a this is one where his voice really shines, I think personally, and it's another really sad one, but not it's, in no. that histrionic over the top sad way.
3: No, well it, it's it's kind of got a double meaning. Uh, to it, but mostly one.
1: Yeah, we'll, but he's, we'll discuss he slips in side. some stuff in there. But okay, yeah, yeah. Mark, let's do that.
3: Sing to me to
5: sleep, sing to me to sleep. I'm tired, and I, I want to go to bed. Sing to me to sleep, sing to me to sleep.
1: might be about two things but i'm about ready to slam dance It's, pretty, it's pretty <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes ryan's got his mosh pit garb on yeah <laughs> so there's a i didn't know you you just stash his flannels like so you can break them out at a moment no notice. man I, I
3: god damn
1: if I listen, to, it gets more. No, worked seriously, when
3: i listen to that song i feel like i need a box of tissues like uh
1: like it's just tragic it's re- It's one of those times. Th- like I said again, it's like it's it's Morrissey's sadness, but it's so sparse, just with he and that piano. It's sort of not the same as "Please, please, please" will let, let me get what I want when it's pretty much just he and a, and a guitar. But it sort of is. Those are the. I don't think it's. I don't think it's any coincidence that those are the two genuinely saddest songs of a band known for sadness.
3: So my my take on this, and correct me if you feel that I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. Like it. Ostensibly a lullaby, slash suicide note, and mainly a suicide. It's mostly note. a
1: suicide note. Yeah, don't try to wake me in the morning because I will be gone. I will be gone. Yeah. There is a better yeah. world.
3: Yeah, it's like don't weep for me or whatever. Like don't yeah, feel sad for me. Don't yeah. feel sad for me. Yeah, just like just horrifically sad.
1: But then um, you have that beautiful piano. No, and it's really it. it's a really
3: pretty song, like for sure. But it's it's yeah. It's where
0: it when he started playing it again a couple of years ago on tour, it's where I saw the most masculine men breaking down crying to the song. See, I including that. myself a couple yeah. times during that times. <laughs> you are the most masculine <laughs> man I know, so
1: yeah. So yeah. it
0: it's really one of those things and then you know, you don't you expect him to play some Smith songs and then when he randomly comes up with something like this and you hear it and you don't think you're ever gonna hear it live and, you know, they'll never get back together or whatever. And it's
1: it's kind of really moving because especially a lot of people when they're really moving and for a lot of different reasons. Yeah, it's a good, way, it's many, a good way to end the, the record. How, ma- how many Morrissey shows have you seen?
0: Well, we're coming up with the, the two in a couple of weeks, it'll be fifty-four and
1: fifty-five. Did you ever? Uh, were you ever able to see the Smiths? Never. Oh. Well, all right. see, he's like a he's like a guy like he's like a dad that buys a Porsche trying to compensate for the fact that like his his parents <laughs> didn't have a car when he was growing up. <laughs> like that's. I've seen the this. That's a weird I've analogy,
3: but I kind of get where you're going.
1: <laughs> I've seen that. I've seen Morrissey eleven times, and I feel like that's a lot. And well,
0: there's people who have seen him way more
1: than I. Yeah, know. but you see them a lot. I've
0: seen them a lot, but this is over twenty-some years. So, do
3: you have theories as to why he's so huge with the Hispanic community, like mm-hmm. and the Smiths?
0: And you, you know, a lot of his, you know, kind of. Because uh, I, I to you a, need to like, go watch
3: some of the movies online. You can yeah, watch I tend to like it. associate. Your community with like being kind of machismo, yeah, and the Smiths are not that, uh,
0: yes, and no. I think it's 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 uh, it's kind of a, there's a whole theory. of This guy Gustavo Arellano, who writes for the OC Weekly, and he um, talks about how it's a great article and he nails it on the head where he talks about ranchera music and especially uh, songs by Jose Alfredo Jimenez, made famous by Vincente Fernandez, which is these big. Mexican ranchetta ballads and, you know, telling of loss and how if you leave
3: me. So a lot of these kids grow up listening I, to. I do know. I do know that. Volver, um,
5: volver.
0: And I was going to say, I know Vincent. De the Fernandez, restaurant that I yeah. work at
3: uh, is the kitchen is staffed largely by Hispanic women or like Mexican women, like who have immigrated here from Mexico. Okay. And so they listen to like Spanish language music. And the number one word that comes up more than anything else. And they're like, really, they're mostly ballads uh but it's corazon like every song is. Oh, me corazon heart yeah Um, it's heartache and and you you grew up listening to those mexican ballads
0: yeah and if and like i said gustavo Arellano, he really has a great article about it he wrote a couple years ago in the oc weekly and a lot of these documentaries and things that people made online i think there's like four or five that try to try to do that um it's just like
3: amazing the love affair between Mexican Americans and Morrissey isn't that surprising,
1: but yeah. it's not just Mexican Americans. It's Mexicans. Well, well no, too. like
3: like yeah. he doesn't he sell out like stadiums and he's Mexico starting his tour right now in Mexico. That's where he is right now. He's in Mexico and
0: he's
1: doing four nights
0: in Mexico. Different guess, different parts of the country too. I, so.
1: I guess for me, like I never really thought about it because yeah. like the closest city to me when I was growing up was San Antonio, and in San Antonio, the two big things it's like heavy metal, heavy metal, and The Smiths. It was always yeah. Morrissey, always the same. Well, isn't that where
3: A Girl in a Coma is from?
1: Yes. yes exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so I never really it's thought it was that weird. It's fascinating to me. It, it I mean, is fascinating. Great. If you think about it, it's fascinating. But it, to me, I, I never thought until a couple of years ago, like, when you have, when you started seeing Vatos, like, pull up their shirts and have, like, Stephen or Morrissey, like, over there, you know, that, that horseshoe over the ribcage kind of tattoo.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I talk about the, when I, I – he was doing, like, a five-night stand at the Wiltern when I lived in L.A., I think it was a night three, I was in, in the pit, and there was a night that he threw the shirt out towards the end of the set, and it came right to me. And I've never been in a gang fight before, but it literally, the entire floor... How long ago was this? Uh, probably about good 10, 12 years ago now. The entire floor, like, the killers were opening up from, like, three of the five nights or something. So they were just brand new, so whenever they were first coming out. So, um... Literally the entire floor, standing section,
3: just like oh, started pummeling. Like,
0: I had girls pulling my hair, coming down on Dude's you. Dudes hitting me. Did you get away with the shirt? I held onto it as long as I could, and then I finally just fucked this and threw it up in the air for grabs. Because I saw, I saw him throw it. And I was like, oh shit! <laughs> Two seconds, like it's coming right at me, and it's kind of gross and sweaty. And I'm like, big fan, but I'm like. You don't, you don't need his perspiration. I don't need his perspiration on
1: me. Plus, if you were, if I think if you were seventeen and not in your thirties, yeah. it would have meant a lot. Absolutely, have, a lot. more. I probably would
0: have fought for it more. But the fact that you had about I don't know, 60, 70 people kind of jumping you, essentially, what, what it was. No shirt is worth Lattos, that. Is, yeah. yeah, it was. It was. Uh, yeah, it was pretty crazy.
3: Well, uh, Matt, thank you for, uh, yeah, <laughs> leading us down this path. Yeah. Um, it was thanks for like I, Somehow, I'd never listened to this whole record all the way through. Uh, well, that's, that's well, a good. You
0: know, 30th anniversary and all that coming up, I think it's kind of. The other crazy things is, you know, within six months, the band is dead. They're done, you know. You know, they put out the last record after they've broken up. Johnny Mars on with The Pretenders and then with The The. the well, Morris doing Viva Hate. So the songs on this, doing this record that, span yeah.
3: from what? what year to what year? I mean, they, they kind of like, go the from... The entire,
1: like, catalog, 80, pretty yeah, much? Yeah,
0: pretty much
3: from 84
1: on.
0: I mean, they really only had the recorded period from 84 to 87.
1: So years. all these songs... That's why this... That, the, one of the things that when I say consistency, that's one of the brilliant things about this record is that you really can't tell, other than a couple of things, most of these songs, what year... The, it, it, very, four very distinct recording periods if you listen to the records. The records sound completely different every single one of them.
0: Yeah, I mean, even the, they start off with what, a couple of John Peel session things, and you can't even tell that it's
1: kind of. You can't really tell, like, what it's got. Yeah. Uh, it flows it's a really well put together. Hey, by the way, Mark, I just found this on the table. It's been here all week. It's a candle from. Uh, oh,
3: from last
1: week? Is, it's from our candles from, from, our, uh, from our 100th, 100th anniversary. anniversary last week. I don't know how why it was here, but I was going to take it home and, like, hold it up. like. Anyway, okay, Matt. What's the what's on do you have for us for the last? So I, this is kind of a staying with a little bit on the
0: R and B thing. I've got this um, this kid that uh, kind of is blowing up right now. He's from El Paso of all places, so it's kind of a mm-hmm. twofold thing. Yeah. And whenever um, you know my hometown gets knocked a lot, it's in a lot of controversy right now with the wall, you know, and all that. We want to get to the political side, but Hoping there's quickly. not a whole lot of things that positive that have come out El Paso musically. I mean, it's history, maybe the Bobby Fuller 4, At The Drive-In, The uh, Rhythm Pigs. For at The Drive-In
3: has a new song, uh, yeah. actually. Well, I guess that's not what you're playing. But No, no,
0: no. So it's this kid named Khalid, and it's a song uh, by the name of Location. It's really interesting. He's 19 years old. He only started making music like a year ago. Started putting stuff up on SoundCloud. People started noticing it. This one producer and then the A&R guy from RCA then somebody this is how the world works now this is why i'm so fascinated by this kid kylie jenner snapchatted oh, her listening really? to her listening to the song but that was to his advantage because the on spotify it's up to 72 million listens now which is when i first started listening so to it it was like, like
3: genuinely 15, viral kind 15 of. yeah, Jesus yeah. Like a little Christ. push from a kardashian yeah um, and
0: when i when i first saw the video it was like under a million views and now it's like
3: if you pull up the video
0: or something, it's like $22 million. It's kind of a crazy thing because he shot it in El Paso, which I appreciate. Is it, so it mostly shot go. at the Sun Bowl? <laughs> I wish. Yeah. But the other cool thing is like, his voice is like doesn't sound like a 19-year-old kid. It's I want to say it's almost like a Shiggy Otis kind of throwback voice. And the production is just
4: pretty crazy. Right. Well, well, let's, let's try it on. Let's do it. All right.
7: Send me your location let's focus on communicating because i just need the time and place to come through send me your location let's the vibrations i don't need nothing else but you at times i wonder why i fool with you but this is new to me
0: it's, cr- it's crazy, man. Like, you know, we talked a little bit about the whole viral thing. It, he ended up having the number nine record after a week after it came out.
1: When did this come out? Uh, beginning of March.
3: And he recorded this free wow. signage? Majority of the tracks. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't really I think matter anymore.
1: Like, I mean, it does, but.
3: Well, I mean, you get wider distribution.
1: Sure, but 75 million listens. I mean, like.
3: Yeah,
0: just this, off the strength of that, he got picked up by Kara Lewis, who used to be. Um, Big time booking agent. She used to book these guys by the name of uh, Eminem and uh, Kanye West. Yes, I've heard of them. <laughs>
4: I think
2: so heard of them. Interscope. Yeah, the so thing. no,
0: well she uh, she's a booking agent. So she's on now. Right. She's doing her own management thing. So yeah. yeah, so she was booking them for tours and stuff. And so now, um, but she took them over. Well, the RCA guy picked them up, and then they hooked them up with Carlos. So they they've, they've just got a pretty hefty team behind them now, and I hope they don't fuck them up. Because I think well, he's got the kid's great, voice. He's got a great voice. Yeah, it it starts and begins with me with the voice.
1: I don't really care about that song, but... I like that song, really. But that's the kind of music that I like to... It yeah. reminds me of a lot of the, like, the Neo bossa Nova stuff that I like to listen to that, that you don't at all. So, like, it hits it hits me in that. I, but, it's one of those where I can tell that he's totally talented
3: and, like, yeah. I don't give a shit. Um, and I get that. Because
0: right. I, when I first heard it, I was like, okay, it's all right. But then I started you know doing a little bit more research. And the kids were just...
3: Fucking going nuts for him.
0: And then I got to see him at South By. I was like, all right, I want to see how real it is. If he could, like, pull it off. And he's, man, super talented. How did he draw at South By? Kids were like out out of uh the container bar there was yeah. they were trying to look over the fence Fences and that mess yeah that well, yeah it, sure he was like crazy and like he he, he so smart he ended up going to the side of the stage and singing to the, all, all the people that didn't get in
3: so he's and got they stage were losing presence their as well fucking mind. oh yeah
1: yeah he's got that he's got yeah. a really interesting like how like old is this guy 19 just turned 19
3: yeah. so we're probably watching the emergence of
0: I hope so, because, you know, and I, I kind of I collated with the childish, with the more kind of developed, really smart, kind of already got it together, guy with somebody who's got a lot of potential, and then they'll text his El Paso tie-in, you know, kind of
3: because we're here. But I think well, it's you, yeah, yeah, you've got like a little bit of hometown pride. Yeah, like, man. On like
0: I said, there's nothing <laughs> what, that comes out of El Paso that's really great. And it's kind of like the the ki- the the, ki- the fact that you see it, And it's real, man. The kids were like, you know, the the rest of the record he played or whatever, it's a short record. And it's all about being a teenager. It's called American Teen. Um, And they were singing every word. I mean, it only had been out like two weeks. And these kids were singing everything back to him.
3: That is, that is pure viral. It's right pure there. viral
0: and it's really real when you can connect. Well, so the, the
3: song is pretty much just about him like trying to hook up with a chick. Yeah. Yeah, send me your location. And it's about... Yeah. And it's about... That's what like, teenagers
1: are going through, you know, they're trying to... I know. Just just, it just made me and, feel old. Yeah. Why? Did, I don't understand... <laughs> like, it, it is what... It, it's just different than what you went through. Like, it, I don't no, know. it's cool. Man. Shit like that doesn't make me feel old. It's 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 just interesting. Like, yeah. it's just something that's different, you know? Like, I'm not like... I don't like when you say shit like and you say this all the time. It's like your old man Grundy down the lane, like, hey, you kids, get off your cell phones or some whatever. It's just different. Yeah. Like, why does it, it, it make you feel different.
3: old? I, I don't know that
1: um, I'm not the guy telling people to get off my lawn. You kind of are in the way you say shit like that sometimes. Well, right, see, now I'll, you can. I'll, wait, I'll if you're I'll standing never. next to a tween here in the next you couple say weeks, the like, kids. You like, like You say that stuff all the time. Like, fine. you say the kids or the youngsters. I'll never or. mention
3: my age again. I am 19. I don't care
1: shame. that you mention your age. It's just, I'm just, it's always curious to me. Like, here's something. Uh, so. Yeah, please talk about anything
2: else, Kevin. <laughs> Well, I don't, yeah, yeah, we'll go down the tangent road anytime. But the, um, Matt, you'll appreciate this. So. Is it weird that like watching that video like and the and another like you're two for two and picking gorgeous like super well shot stuff, um he kept like there is a there's a super Camaro vintage muscle car that's yeah. that's part of this which is like I was like that might be the sexiest thing in that it, whole video it really is but but he kept like he would take that car out in the desert and then and then you know there was a little bit of song and dance and then he would get in it. And then, you know, I guess ostensibly she, he got her location and then he would punch it. And all I kept thinking was, like, motherfucker, you were in the desert. Like, save some gas. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, It's just like. So that's and that's why he's there. And I'm yeah. sitting around a table with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a beautiful car.
1: Right. Anyway, it <laughs> was a cool shot. That was good stuff. Thanks yeah. for coming in, Matt.
0: Oh, yeah. Thanks
1: for having me. It's always a pleasure. It was it was it was fun to have somebody else come in and. Take the reins for a little while. Um what do you have for us next time, right? Um,
2: before we oh.
1: before we dive into
2: that, should we should we do our um listener submission yeah, for next so we've, week? We
3: got a, yeah, we've got a couple of things that we were so I've got one on reserve, but uh we got a compelling letter from a listener and Kevin was talking about uh, maybe we should do that, and I think it's one oh, that yeah, yeah. you Sorry. and I will like. So uh, Yeah. Yeah, so he we,
2: teased me with it. I don't know much beyond. We'll go into we'll go into greater detail, obviously, as we set it up next week. But um, it is uh, Joy Division closer. So that's what that's what one of our Maybe one you of our come back for that so one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're just going to try and work our way through Matt's record collection, basically. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Well, why don't we do that one next week if you guys are good at? Yeah, it. I'm down. Yeah, I'm down for that. All right, sweet. I guess until next week. I'm Kevin. I'm Ryan. I'm Mark, and it's Matt that chain. Is, this is somebody likes it.